0: Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. In this HCI podcast episode, I talk with Doug Lawrence about the leadership talent shortage in mentoring the next generation of leaders. Doug Lawrence, welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: Yeah, it's a pleasure to be with you today. And I really appreciate your time and I appreciate your flexibility. We were scheduled previously and had to reschedule, um, you know, busy schedules and everything like that. So I appreciate you uh, taking the time to join us today. We're going to be focusing on the leadership talent shortage in organizations and how we can go about mentoring the next generation of leaders. As we get started, I wanted to share Doug's bio with everybody. Doug Lawrence is the founder of Talent C and co-founder of the International Mentoring Community. Doug has achieved the highest level of mentoring certification, the Certificate of Competence Journey Mentor offered by the IMC. He alone holds this certification. Serving as a staff sergeant in the Royal Canadian Mounted Police for 25 years, Doug retired in 1999. He then volunteered as a mentor with the Sir Richard Branson Entrepreneurship Program in the Caribbean and the American Corporate Partners in the United States, working with military personnel transitioning from military life to civilian life. His experience in law enforcement, coupled with working with people suffering from PTSD, has afforded him a unique view of mentoring and mental health. Doug has worked with researchers and has determined that there is a role for his effective mentoring processes to help people on their mental health healing journey. Doug began his effective mentoring practice in 2009. He is the international speaker and author of The Gift of Mentoring that was released in 2014 and is pleased to launch You Are Not Alone in 2021. Doug collaborates with organizations to establish mentoring programs in the workplace to support employee mental health in existing situations and capturing concerns before they escalate. Uh, what a wonderful and important um, work that you're doing, a, a tremendous background. I appreciate all of that. Anything else you would like to add by way of background or context for listeners before we dive on into our, our mentoring conversation today?
1: No, I think that pretty much covered off everything.
0: Wonderful. Well, as we get started then, let's um, maybe you could frame up for us what um, what has been your approach and why you took that approach when it came to mentoring new leaders in the organizations you've been a part of?
1: So a large part of that was at the time, certainly when I started or when I embarked on mentoring and all of those things, didn't really know what it meant when somebody said, you know, I'm a mentor. Yes. So what? And it took a while of doing some research and sort of unearthing what that actually meant. And you know, we take a look at the definition of mentoring as a two-way trusted relationship where a mentor and a mentee are going to learn and grow together personally and professionally. So I was in in a lot of, so when I was in the RCMP, I was in a lot of positions where I was in leadership roles. And what what it helped me realize was that there's some gaps, huge gaps, as far as leadership number 1 is concerned but number 2 how we how we prepare people for those particular roles and a lot of the work that i'm doing when i fast forward to more recent a lot of the work that i am doing now is mentoring um, i like to and i don't mean this disrespectful but basically baby managers to help them develop the uh, the tools that, the techniques that they need in order to be effective as a leader, but also to be able to pass that wisdom and knowledge on to someone else who aspires to those positions.
0: Yeah, I think that's wonderful. And we really, I mean, I think leadership, in my mind, is all about mentorship and coaching those around us. And it's its particularly challenging if we find ourselves in this leadership kind of a shortage. So if, if we don't have a, a current crop of really talented leaders, it's hard to then create, you know, generate that sustainable pipeline of, of the next generation of leaders, because you don't have great people to be coaching and mentoring that next generation. And that's where it becomes really tricky uh, as we're trying to develop that pipeline. Any thoughts on what an organization can do, you know, if they recognize this leadership talent gap and this shortage uh, within their organization, they, they want to create the pipeline, What should be those first steps that they uh, should start to put in place?
1: Well, what they really need to do, from my perspective, and this is what I've seen in a lot of situations, is they need to, um, as part of their succession planning process, they need to have a succession development strategy. So identifying employees that they feel, that management feels have got the right skill sets to be able to provide leadership within the organization and then through the succession development process, then provide them with those skills that they need in order to become those effective, uh, effective leaders. And I've seen it, like I, I, I think back to a couple of people that I've worked with recently and just to, to see the difference in them from being someone who is, somewhat timid, who wasn't quite sure how to deal with different situations, how to have those crucial conversations. To fast forward after a bit of mentoring, they're now that lot stronger of an individual, somebody who is willing to take charge, and I I use that term loosely, but to be able to take control or manage those particular situations that beforehand they would have either ignored or run away from.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I think we, we've all been there, right? Uh, we and we all it, we're all a work in progress, and so there. We what one thing I think we need to change is the common stigma uh, in within organizations around continual growth and development. Because to to continually work towards growth, you have to admit that you're not there yet, <laughs> and you have to admit that there's you know a gap or or you know something that you're not quite up to par on yet. And so what we end up seeing a lot of times in organizations that aren't psychologically safe, that don't have a growth mindset, is you see people putting on a facade, um, trying to, you know, uh, trying to pretend like they know what they're doing. Um, and they don't. And so then you have a whole bunch of people wandering around trying to get things done that actually don't know what they're doing. And instead of asking for help, instead of seeking out the mentoring, the coaching, the type of feedback that would help them improve, they just kind of reinforce and ingrain negative behaviors and unhealthy behaviors and and things uh, that that ultimately are going to undermine undermine their long-term you know success as a leader rather than you know acknowledging the areas of weakness and then having a plan in place to, to start developing those things and so the more that organizations can focus on succession planning the more that they can uh, start to implement uh, to, to really have this dynamic, a psychologically safe culture, growth culture within their, their organization, that then creates the context around which the mentoring can happen. When that's not there, a lot of times people don't feel safe to even ask for help because they're worried about, you know, is that going to, uh, how is that going to be viewed and perceived by others up the hierarchy? Are they going to uh, have opportunities for advancement if someone sees them as lacking in a particular area, for example?
1: Yeah, well, and two things. Number one, you know, the scenario we're describing, it's kind of like a herd of sheep without the shepherd. And, you know, they wander aimlessly across the prairie and, and there's no one there to provide that leadership and guidance to, to that herd. So there's that part of it. And the other part is, I think, another stigmatism that we struggle with in that whole leadership space and even in the organizational spaces, there is a, a fear of failure and i always like to use the analogy of fail is first attempt in learning so when you you know that that people it's okay to make mistakes cuz that's how we're going to learn and part of the mentoring process is i'll take you through a reflective process where you know something happens and i'll say okay what went well what didn't go well and what are we going to do different next time and and get them to every time something comes up and it doesn't maybe go the way you want is to use that reflective process to be able to go, okay, there's an opportunity for me to learn from this mistake or to learn from this situation. I need to take advantage of that and to be able to move forward. And as a leader, I need to be able to identify or point out to those that I'm working with or that I'm providing leadership with, to be able to point out here's an opportunity for us to learn and grow from this. And as part of that process is ensuring that it probably won't happen again the next time.
0: Yeah. And, and that brings up really, I guess the next point, I mean, I, I like to be, I like to take a developmental perspective first and foremost. And so recognizing that quote unquote failure isn't actually failure as long as we've learned from it and move forward. Right. And that's what you were just saying. Um and and I think most people honestly are trying their best and they're wanting to to move forward, put their best foot forward they want to grow into their career, they want to develop themselves, they want to be successful, right? they want the, their teams and their organization to be successful. but you know that that isn't always the case and and sometimes people for a variety of reasons are poor for are perpetually poor performers <laughs> um how how do you go about dealing with individuals and coaching and mentoring individuals who are perpetually poor performers that's hard to say fast by the way Um, and uh, you know even to the point where they might be being considered for termination
1: that's I'm I'm glad you brought that up because I have done and I've probably lost count but I get brought in I get brought into organizations where an employee is sort of on the ropes and they're looking at terminating that employee, what I offer up to the organization is, give me that employee for five hours, so five one-hour sessions. Let me mentor, work with them and mentor them. And if I can't turn them around and and if I can't create a change in behavior for the good, then you have a decision to make. And with one exception, I've been able to do that each and every time, and it's simply getting inside that person's head and understanding what they're thinking, you know, and and maybe giving them some tips. You know, I I had one individual that um, had a really bad attitude, especially from lunchtime onwards in the workplace, and was constantly being chastised for being sarcastic, being caustic with clients that they're providing service to and all of those things. What I found out was that the employee didn't take any time at noon hour, for example, grab your lunch and get out of the building and go someplace else. They didn't do that. They didn't allow themselves the opportunity to purge all that negative energy that they had accumulated over the course of the morning. And soon as they started to take that break and go away, all of a sudden. They're no longer this caustic individual. And we went even a step further was to get that employee to see themselves because they were doing IT support, get get them to see themselves as a teacher. And instead of coming in and saying, get out of the way, I'll fix this and do that, is to use this as a teaching moment and say, okay, I'm going to walk you through step by step on how to fix your problem but you're gonna do the driving. I'm just gonna be here as a passenger and get them to go through that process. And When we did that, all of a sudden this employee went being from an introvert to an extrovert and people wondered what, who stole Johnny because Johnny's not here anymore. And it was just because we took the time to learn a little bit more about the employee and just to give them some tips on how they could do things a little bit differently. And it just made a whole lot of difference to them, but also to the people that they served.
0: I'm excited to announce the publication of my new book from HCI Press, Bluer Than Indigo Leadership, The Journey of Becoming a Truly Remarkable Leader. Early in my adult life, I learned about an Asian proverb I mean, the reality is most organizations don't typically have that kind of patience with poor performers. (laughs) Um, And I mean, I get it. Uh, You know, sometimes we need to be decisive, we need to let people go that aren't working out. But uh, on the other hand, especially in a tight labor market where it's hard to attract and retain great people we can't afford turnover Uh, organization. It's very costly to organizations. And a lot of times we focus on the voluntary turnover. We focus on people who choose to leave the organization. And we try to figure out how can we get them to not choose to leave. But what we also need to recognize is that involuntary turnover termination still means you have someone leaving and it leaves a hole that needs to be filled. And I think sometimes we're too quick to jump to the termination point without taking the time to better understand our people, like you were describing in that example. I mean, just understanding where they're coming from, understanding what is at the root of the behavior, um, that seems to be the problem. If we can take the time to do that and do some coaching, a lot of times people will turn it around. And a lot of times people aren't even fully aware of what they're doing and how it is impacting others around them or what the negative behavior is. A lot of times people get terminated for poor performance and it, they're completely shocked. They don't even realize that their boss thinks they're a poor performer because the boss hasn't been providing feedback or communicating them effectively or you know consistently. And so all of that can be avoided if we, again, take a developmental approach to mentoring and coaching. And if we can recognize you know, that, yes, will there sometimes be a need for termination? Yes, it can occur. But I'm a believer that the majority of the time if we're more effective in how we go about providing feedback and communicating and coaching the, those around us, that it won't get to that point, that, that we'll be able to truly understand uh, the people that we're, we're trying to work well,
1: with. Well, and I know that, that you know, we can, make, we can, we can with mentoring, we can definitely make that difference in, in how that employee goes through that turnaround process. I, just as we've been talking here, I've been, Having all these different pictures pass through my mind, and I was just thinking of one individual that they were having difficulties. They ended up, I I was able to determine within probably two sessions, the individual had a learning disability, and so then I tried to coach the, the 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 leader of the organization to be able to say, you know. You need to take a little bit more time to explain things, and went on that way. They eventually terminated the employee, who then went on to find a job in, in another organization. And guess what? They're now a rock star, and they're one of their best performers in the organization. And all it took was a little patience, a little bit of time, a little bit of commitment to our employee to be able to say, okay, I'm, you know, you've got a learning disability. I'm willing to take extra time to, to work with you, you know, so that you understand what my expectations are. And it, it made like, they lost out, they lost a rock star of an employee, which, you know, would have done, would have served them well.
0: Again, I think that's, that's a, such a common story that organizations uh, are dealing with. We're too quick to, to cut people loose. Part of, what came to mind as you were telling that, you know, sharing that example is, are people aligned correctly? uh, For example, within our organization, are they in the right role doing the right types of things? Uh, Because sometimes someone who um, was a really great performer, they get promoted, or they change roles, they move into something else. And then their performance drops and they're, they're, you know, it's the old adage, the the Peter principle, people get promoted to their level of incompetence. So how often do people end up, you know, working themselves out of a job because their performance goes down because they end up in a position that's not actually well suited to them. It's not well aligned with them. Um, Is that our only choice? If that happens, Uh, it's a super common thing. It happens to a lot of people Uh, If I'm an organizational leader, is my only choice to say, well, sorry, your performance stinks, so you're gone. Or can I look for other places, other roles within the organization where they can thrive, where they will be star performers again? Uh, And I think particularly if they were once a star performer and now they're not, I think the onus is on the organization to try to ask themselves why. What has changed? Has there been a leadership change that's negatively impacted them? Has there been a major life change? Um, change that has impacted their performance, has their role changed, and that's negatively impacted their performance. Some of those things you can deal with, you can address, and ultimately, it, it can allow you to retain someone who otherwise would be a good talent, a, a, have a good skill set that will help the organization.
1: You know, and and I think that, you, you know, you've already kind of hit the nail on the head a lot of times, probably more often than not, we're so quick to lock load and pull the trigger and terminate And not give give people the chance. So, and I know this is sort of self-serving or sounding self-serving, but bring in that culture, bring in that mentor to spend some time to to show to the employee that you know we're not we're not that okay. You haven't crossed the T's and dotted the I's in the last three documents. Here, there's the door. You know, we'll help you get your stuff and head you out of the building and stuff like that. We don't need to go to that extent because what I've been able to to see and to demonstrate is that if we invest in understanding our employee and what they're dealing with, we're going to be in a better place to be able to provide the guidance they need to get them back on track. And sometimes, you know, we make mistakes too as as leaders and managers in that, you know, we're maybe too quick to go and stuff someone into A square peg into a round hole and we need to sort of take the step back and say okay well if we want to leave that square peg in a round hole what do we need to do in order to be able to help them navigate the world of leadership or whatever role they're in what do we need to do to be able to help them be successful in that particular position and we don't do that today we just we don't and you know we started the conversation on the leadership talent shortage it's a global issue. It's not something that is just this organization here or this one here or this one here. It's something that's impacting organizations worldwide and if we don't deal with it we're, and deal with it quickly, we're not going to be moving forward uh, in a manner that we like and we've got you know we've got the COVID pandemic that we're trying to deal with which is really teaching us who our leaders really are and who they aren't. We've also got my favorite one is the silent pandemic, and that's the whole mental health, mental well-being, and we haven't even begun to explore what that could mean.
0: Yeah, and that's a really good point. I'm I'm glad you brought that up. That's uh, such a rich part of your your background and your bio that you that I shared at the beginning of the episode. Um, the pandemic has been a challenge for a variety of reasons, health-wise, of course, economically, but also in terms of mental health challenges for organizations and I think leaders have been hit particularly hard because they're expected to to show empathy and compassion. they're expected to um, be the ones to make the decisions and pivot and keep the, the organizations afloat and to help their teams be successful when they're shifting the very nature of you know the, the design of work that they're performing. That's a, a heavy lift. Um, and we know that ha- mental health issues have been a challenge for everyone um, and, and the, the number of in- instances of, of mental health um, issues and, and related domestic violence issues and those sorts of things, that has increased dramatically over the last 18 plus months. Leader, it, it's no different for leaders. Leaders are in the same boat. they're having to deal with the same sorts of things. And so it, it brings up all the more reason why we need, to address the leadership talent shortage, why we need to mentor and coach people and help them to develop these skill sets and to help leaders move into the future of work. So maybe my leadership approach and style was effective in previous decades. More and more now, though, we need leaders who are able to navigate this complex, messy world, who are able to show empathy and compassion. Were are able to effectively and transparently openly communicate consistently with their people. Uh, and those are things that even those who were effective previously may not be so effective with now.
1: Yeah. And, you know, and I guess I'm sort of still one that's a strong proponent that we, with the silent pandemic, the whole mental health piece, that if, if we don't watch that, it's going to surpass any issues that we've we thought were challenging before because you know one of the things I always is I take a look at you know employees working from home so you've got a husband and wife in the house buying for the best possible chunk of real estate in the house to be able to carry on business because they're working from home and then we go and throw a curveball at them and say oh by the way you're going to homeschool your children and you guys need to figure it out and all of a sudden, stress, anxiety, depression—the whole nine yards—starts to escalate, and they've got really got no one that they can turn to to say, "I'm feeling all these negative feelings, and I don't know how to deal with them. Who do I go to?" And it, what I'm seeing is in a lot of organizations, in fact, the majority is that there is no support structure in place, and so that doesn't, you know, that doesn't demonstrate much. Uh, of a leadership function from the organization itself in helping that employee while those employees deal with that particular situation.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think that's right. It, again, the pandemic's just shining a light on these issues, making them even more apparent uh, to us. Uh, nothing we're talking about is unique to uh, this pandemic environment. It's just accelerated change. It's, it, it's, um, it's really... Uh, exacerbated the challenges and ultimately we have to show whether or not we're willing and able to to step up to the plate and and address the challenges that we face so these leadership um, shortages the talent shortages that we see in organizations that's not going away Uh, I, I think it's only going to continue to to grow unless we can be very thoughtful uh, and proactive about creating that leadership pipeline that's the succession planning, and that we're able to mentor and coach the next generation of leaders within our organization. Well, Doug, it has been a real pleasure talking with you. The time has flown by, and I note that we're getting close to the end of our time together today. Before we close, I wanted to give you a chance to share with listeners how they can get connected with you, find out more about your work, your team, and then give us a final word on the topic for today.
1: I certainly can. So if people want to get a hold of me, they can uh, find me on LinkedIn. My profile's there for Doug Lawrence. And please, you know, take a look at it. If you want to reach out to me beyond that, um, obviously you can send me a message through LinkedIn, but feel free to reach out to me direct by email at Doug.Lawrence at talent C. So the word talent with the letter C on the end dot C A. And I'll get back to you as quickly as I can. And I always welcome the opportunity to get into a conversation about leadership, mentoring and coaching. All of those things are are near and dear to my heart. And so I would welcome any contact whatsoever from from your listeners in that regard.
0: Wonderful. Thank you, Doug. I appreciate your time, your wisdom all the experiences and, and stories and examples you've shared. I encourage listeners to reach out, get connected, find out more about what Doug can do for you. And as always, I hope everyone can stay healthy and safe, that you can find meaning and purpose at work each and every day. And I hope you all have a great week.